The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Ogbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. I'm Kule Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Happy Wednesday, happy Manawahine Wednesday, and happy National Letter of Intent Day. That's right, we have a bunch of student athletes signing to play or continue their playing career and their education uh, at different colleges and universities. So congratulations to everyone that has signed so far. Uh, We'll go through some of this to start off the show, some of the lists that we got via the Sheraton. It's it's one of the... um, I guess the main places it was happening early this morning uh, at 6:30 a.m. were about 40 student athletes during the Hawaii State National Letter of Intent signing day uh, at the Elks were at the Elks Lodge Club in Honolulu, uh, and yeah, the first day that they can sign during this time period. But since 2003, Education First and the Aloha Leadership Foundation have been providing college and career readiness programs for Hawaii students and their families. Both organizations are carrying on a 23-year tradition of annual signing day events in Hawaii, originally created by Doris Sullivan and her organization, Pacific Islands Athletic Alliance. So we got um, all this via Kavika Kane for Hawaii State National Letter of Intent Signing Day. So I want to get just go through some of this to, to give people their shout outs. Uh, we'll start off with the University of Hawaii, a football player out of Punahou High School, Alika Kavako Omoi, which we already knew about, but... It's officially official. I guess you can say this time signing uh, entirely. Uh, I want to give this special person, Luna Ann Brown out of Kaiser High School, a special shout out. She is a volleyball player because where is she signing? Ithaca College. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I saw, I saw that on the list and I was like, what? We have somebody Wait, going an over. OIA kid going to college? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, I need to talk Paul. to them ASAP. You should. We should get an interview with her. Really Luna cool. Ann Brown out of Kaiser High School. When I got this list, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Make sure you have sweatshirts. I know. I got to make sure I, jackets. I make Paul Brecht well aware of this signing that's on this list that Skull we received. What sport, I know. what sport was that for? Volleyball. Oh, my God. Our volleyball team is like one of the best teams in D3. Let's go. <laughs> that's huge. Bang. Oh, I love that. I'm hype. That's... Paul was totally like looking at his phone there and he heard I, me say it's like a college honest, and I'm he was like, like what? I I've I don't know. My energy was not ready today, and that that got me. That was the the es- espresso shot that I needed. <laughs> Shout out! Me, it took every inch ounce of my bones to not tell you that. Like yesterday, that was, that was like I got the email. Awesome. I got the email last night, and I'm like, oh, look at somebody on that this list. I know. I couldn't even believe it myself, but I'm like. We're going to start off with that. Shout out. <laughs> Our OIA, too. That's a connection. Bang, I know. Let's go. What a great day. A um, couple of other ones on here. We'll go through, let's see, Lauren Miller out of Roosevelt High School, signing with Kane University for volleyball as well. This is cool. I like looking at some of these colleges that I've really never heard of. But again, like we always say, like Paul is a D3 kid. I'm a D2 kid. So just being able to have this opportunity to play somewhere, possibly get your education paid for, 
there's so much opportunity out there. It's I mean, incredible. we had our our guy Eric Stevens out of Waipahu High School just announcing his commitment via social media to an HBCU nonetheless. So that's huge as well. So there's all this opportunity for these student athletes and it's nothing but proud of all of these kids coming out of Hawaii. I'm glad you gave Eric a shout out too because I I was doing some background on Morehouse as well just to try and, you know, see kind of what's going on there. Just hired a new head coach, literally announced on February 2nd. For people wondering, it's February 7th. (laughs) And uh, from there, you know, shout out to Eric who, I mean, if you have been an avid listener to OIA Sports on Hawaii Sports Radio Network, you've heard his name said ad nauseum by any of our play-by-play broadcasters. Kyle Galdera, our Mm -hmm. Darnell Arsenault talked a lot about his talent. So really excited to see him commit. He's going to, like you said, an HBCU, which is a very, very high level one. It's the college that the Martin Luther King family, like senior, junior, the third, all all of mm-hmm. the Kings, all of them went through there, which is an incredible thing. Spike Lee, the very famous oh, Knicks wow. fan and uh, you director. You really went down the rabbit oh, hole yeah. of all of Samuel that Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> went to Morehouse. And now they got our boy Eric Stevens and a really dynamic, dynamic wide receiver. Yes. Potentially the most dynamic wide receiver in Hawaii this this cycle. And uh, excited to see what he does. Also their head coach, former New York Jets draft pick. <laughs> I know there was going to be a way that if there I was can a always, Jets reference, I Paul will find fit it. it in. Uh, some of the other ones on here. I also want to give a shout out to Noah Mac, excuse me. I'm sorry, Noah, if I don't pronounce your last name correctly. It's my first time saying it. Macapule, M-A-C-A-P-U-L-A-Y. I'll spell it out. Out of Punahou High School, football player going to Claremont McKenna. And I bring that up because I'm 99% sure that's where Boss Lady went. So I wanted to make sure I gave a shout out going to Claremont McKenna. Uh, Some of the other schools you have... Charis Kai out of Midpack going to Pepperdine University for volleyball. That's a big deal. Uh, Pepperdine always has a very good volleyball pl- program. Uh, so does Lewis and Clark College, which will where Daphne Ebrow is going out of Sacred Hearts Academy. Uh, also out of Sacred Hearts Academy, uh, Kana Barlag going to Gonzaga University for rowing. That's interesting out of Hawaii. Someone going for rowing. That's pretty cool. I've never <laughs> seen that before. I know, right? This is so, I love all of these. So fascinating. Us uh, going to Santa Clara for men's rowing is Alanale Uehara Dwight from wait, Dwight Global School. Where's Dwight Global School? I'm so, that's so funny. <laughs> but it's on the Hawaii list. So I'm like, we added a okay, new school. okay. Uh, out of Minilani High School, shout out Riley. Mano Riaga going to University of Puget Sound for softball. Gosh, this is a lot of stuff going on. Uh, also going to Puget Sound for baseball out of Pearl City High School, Jaden Mizuno uh, out of, let's see, for another football player out of Punahou School, Caleb Rhinelander going to Pacific Lutheran University. So see, there's schools all over the place, all different levels uh, of either athletics and academics so another you know just more so everyone out there that are listening it's not all about hey let's gotta go to division one or whatnot but it's really hard to play college sports it's so hard and it's hard to manage 
everything. You'll learn a lot about managing your time when you play college sports and have to try to get your degree. And then you're a psycho like me and you just want to get done in four years. So then you load up like your first couple of years with like 20 credits. And then you're just like, I can do this. I can do all of that. Because I think full time is like, what, 12 Full and, times 12 credits. Yeah. So at least like, most places, yeah. I think. <laughs> okay. Not 20. 18 credits is what I was going with. I was going to say 18. I know at Ithaca College, shout out, Sco Bombs, uh, Ithaca College, we could take 18 before we have to pay like a little extra fee for additional like credits yeah, yeah. or whatever. So congratulations to all of the athletes that signed today, though. I'm glad you said that it doesn't matter what division, because I actually just had that conversation the other day with a pretty high-level high school coach, um, and we were talking about who he had placed into the the college ranks, and he was like, you know, it's not just D1, and I was like, I know. I'm like, trust me, I'm a D3 product, and uh it is hard. The people who go to any school, whether it's NAIA, D3, D2, D1, JUCO, wherever you go, if you are continuing your athletic career, you are very, very blessed. Keep on working and congratulations. We are very, very proud of you and we cannot wait to see what you continue to do. That's all we don't have on the side so, uh, sound bar. Like a uh, ooh, applause. We'll have to get yeah. that on there. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm like, I keep keep trying to clap into the mic. but We, we always um, do that. We're, we like <laughs> clap and we're like, woo. <laughs> Again, shout out. And then, yes, the so far the one to, uh, we had a lot during the early, early signing period, but to come in today for the University of Hawaii football team, Elijah Henderson, 6'5", 305 pound offensive lineman out of Sarah high school so welcome to the brotherhood for them and uh i hope to see some of you guys out tonight is also the nli dinner at the sheraton where the uh coaches and some of the players will be there talking about the new class coming in uh, for the fall so i'll be out there be sure to follow us on social social media at high sports radio and hopefully i can get some quick little sound clips and stuff from some of the coaches for tomorrow's show so that we can play that for you guys but nonetheless huge day we'll let you know if anything else comes through that we see that's breaking but i wanted to start of course by giving a shout out to all of the student athletes that are signing their national letter of intent today specifically of course our local kids and pursuing their education and luna ann brown going to ithaca college let's go <laughs> i'm like i'm really really hype about that <laughs> i do have a question because you do have the the list isaac mahuka from Milani high school is a linebacker He's uh he's rated as the tenth prospect in this class according to two four seven sports, mm. and I have not seen anything from him about an announcement yet. So I was really curious about whether or not he uh he's going to where where he's going because um, that's not a sure. so high quality is, player. And this is only the list of the the student athletes that were going to be in attendance at Elks Lodge Honolulu. So it's it's an extensive list, like I said, about forty student athletes. But it doesn't include the rest of Hawaii. So um, that's he is not on my current list. Ooh, what is that? New uh, new commitment just Central dropped Oahu's from uh, Hawaii football. Okay. Lelehua grad to the bows. Okay, okay. Is oh, that's the one that was unofficially announced. Oh, I yeah. wasn't sure if we would say that one. That's why I didn't bring it up because I'm like. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why I showed you. Uh, <laughs> 
showed you first. You're like, okay, it's officially official because it's announced by the University of Hawaii football program. Another one coming in. Yes, Lelahua linebacker Matias Iwane uh, has signed for the University of Hawaii football team. All right, got to step aside. We'll be back to, we'll tell you if anything else comes through the pipe, but <laughs> we'll be back for we'll be some back. fun <laughs> <laughs> on Wake Up in the Den. the more wake up in the den with kuule agbayani on the hawaii sports radio network 95.1 fm and am 760 we're continuing with our usher theme obviously getting geared up for the super bowl 58 halftime show usher all right the vibes See, this is... <laughs> All right. So, I apologize to uh, some of our friends that have already watched this because I, I know some of you guys have commented on my Twitter post that I put this out there yesterday. It was a hearing by for Craig Angelis in front of the Hawaii Ways and Means Committee. Uh, those of you not entirely familiar with it, they were the ones that when they we last kind of heard of them during the whole Todd Graham hearing debacle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, basically, the Waves and Means Committee uh, includes like they purview or whatever the programs relating to overall state financing policies, including revenue enhancement, taxation, other revenues and cash and debt management. Statewide implementation of planning, programming, budgeting, and evaluation, and government structure and finance. So it's a lot of stuff to do with budgeting, as you can say. But I just want to make sure everyone kind of understood that before we play what we're going to play for you. Uh, the chair is Donovan De La Cruz, and you have the vice chair, Sharon Moriwaki, uh, and other members that we are very familiar with, which you will hear on this interview or this sound clip, is Donna Mercado Kim. And Kurt Favela, also our friend Glenn O'Kai, is a member on the Department of Ways and Means. Who I wonder if we're unblocked yet. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I was like, see, what you're doing, Koo, is you're trying to get me blocked by more state senators. He was not, Glenn O'Kai was not part of this that you will hear. But the main people that you will hear is, uh, it starts with Senator Kurt Favela. This is about the middle portion of this hearing it's available on youtube it's for the public you guys can go and watch it again i shared it on my twitter if you guys didn't get the link uh, you'll also hear uh athletics director craig angelis uh, senator donna mercado kim as i mentioned and you'll also hear a little bit of provost michael bruno and before we tell you the extended details and recap what it is we're just going to let you listen to it first so that you can form your own opinions because I don't want to do what DMK always knocks the media for and taking words out of people's mouth and out of context. So again, here's context. This is a snippet, but it's word for word. I did not edit this like one bit. It's straight from the stream. And if you want the full thing, it is available for the public on YouTube. So, but here's the good snippet of it. 
Sorry, I, I, I never hear you. So you the new AD? Are you the new AD? Yes. You the new AD. Well, what I, what I don't understand is, um, and by again, you know, I always say this all the time, but for real, you got to go watch this replay. Because everything you say right now was like, you know, uh, Charlie Brown. Okay. Rah, 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 What's the rah, question? What's the question? question is, well, watch this when you finish, because we never get nothing that what you try to say. We stay in a year of the supplemental budget, and you're talking about giving us information next year. Where, where else in the world you can do that? Well, I, I gave you information. We did prepare 7.5 for this year. Right. So so that's what I'm saying. So you 7 point. But she just was talking about other things that you're saying that CIP. you need. Yeah. Yeah. So how are we going to be able to budget that or even think about even moving forward when you don't even have that master plan here? Well, that takes some time. Yeah. I mean, that takes some time to make sure we're doing it right. I mean, we've got... We've got the stadium issues out there, Ching Field. We've got a new, new Aloha Stadium. What, what's going to happen with that? Uh, depending on what happens with that, determines what we do on our own campus. We have no football practice fields right now. We're practicing in one field in the stadium, which is very unheard of. We don't have a football performance center or a performance center, a lot of these things that all of our competitors are having. So we want to do it right, uh, but, we, but there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall, not the least of which is the new stadium situation to decide whether, where that's going to be and how that's going to play out. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I did not know we were going to talk about budgeting today. I mean, our budget directors has COVID. She would have been the best person to talk about it. But we did. I think we did do a good job with providing the 7.5 from the beginning. But it's, you know, been been narrowed down. But the CIP, yeah, the CIP amount, we have not proposed that to anybody yet. So, yeah, that's probably on me. Uh, but it's still early. So, so, um, so question, you're talking about Chink Stadium. So Ching Stadium are the cables and the pilot, um, uh, what you call that, scaffolding jacks and all of that that you guys said put in there. Is it still there or are you guys going to make it permanent? Because cables, knots and bolts, and on scaffolding jacks to balance out the features is not permanent. No, I would yeah. never make it permanent. I mean, yeah. I don't think it was designed to be permanent. Okay. Uh, but continue to have... Temporary beaches for a permanent stadium, or as a temporary stadium, for for yes, probably for the next the next few years, yes. So all the money that we're investing is for a temporary stadium. Yes. Thank you. But a temporary stadium will be five years. Five, well, it could be five to seven years because it's still, it's still. Uh, I think what twenty twenty eight, and we've been in for three seasons. Six million dollars over. Of what that stadium was supposed to cost, and only one person made the decision, and that was President Lazarner. So it never came before our approval or nothing. They came over and said that it was going to cost a million or two. That was the average RSP going out for the for the procurement, and then later on, the scope had majorly changed right. to what we have now. And then on top of that, when there's minimum, somebody died. So these are the things that we got to take into consider. The safety of our players and the fans. Right. Because that thing, you guys, did you ever walk on it? I'm a, a little bit under 150 pounds, and the thing bent when I walk. Yeah. Just yeah, no, I, I hear you. I've, I mean, I inherited that. It's, uh, I've been here six months. You're but... supposed to be truthful, you know. <laughs> 325 pounds. <laughs> Mr. Bruno. Yes. What did you think this hearing was for today, or this briefing? 
Um, I did not know what the athletics briefing was for. No, when when we yeah. when we had the original budget briefing, right. athletics was not here. So yes. we said we're going to defer, bring them back. Right, bring them back. So when this was posted, did you realize that this was for budget under the Ways and Means Committee today? I did not because I got the email on 545 on Friday evening. So I responded that night, said, is there anything I should be prepared to speak about? Okay. Didn't receive any, okay. any information exactly. back. So I thought it was more of a general, I have all these notes about athletics and the future of athletics here and whatnot. So that's what I was prepared to talk about. Uh, so maybe there's some miscommunication, but. Mr. Angelos, you are new, so you're excused for now, but uh, you should have watched some of the past hearing that you missed on the budget, then you would have a better idea. But Mr. Uh, Angelos, here, here, you know, yeah, you know the yeah, drill, and yeah. you know that, you know, nothing functions without the money. Right. So yes, you're going to talk about all these things with athletics, which is great, but without the funding, you're not going to be able to deliver. So this is where you make yeah. your case. This is where you come in and tell us all the needs and be prepared. And if you weren't sure, then you could have put the phone and asked the chair about yeah. what it is. But you've been here before, so yeah, you can do this, right? And I, I, you know, I think I think uh, our our new athletic director was uh, also likewise not. Um, not fully prepared. The budget director would have been here. I can tell you um, that um, well, the associate AD has said that their base budget, um, she just uh, let me know, the base budget is $4 million, the operating budget, $4 million from the state. Um, that $3.2 million that we've asked for, which is the same that we asked for in the prior budget year, uh, that is the amount in total. It's just over seven million that, in our view, would make the athletics budget whole in terms of the operating budget. In other words, coming back to break even, which really, frankly, in Division One sports is pretty unusual. But the last two fiscal years, the athletics budget has broken even. Um, to the football stadium issue, none of that works without football. That was the urgency in building the stadium. Football and to some extent a few other sports like volleyball support all of the other so-called non-revenue programs. So there was an urgency to build this stadium so we could support football in, in the state of Hawaii. Um, this was done before the AD joined us, but I think with all good intent, he is trying to so assess that all right so uh the ending of that that was provost michael bruno who somewhat if you guys were watching it he came to the i guess you can say came to the aid of craig angelus because to craig's credit okay i'm, I'm trying to like rephrase all of this so to craig's credit he did as he mentioned only get this request to show up to this hearing 5 45 p.m on a friday so and then he had kind of asked people like, all right, what do I need to be prepared for? Because as we know, Craig is relatively new. He hasn't done this type of hearing before. So he doesn't really know what to prepare for. And if you watch the video, he does have a significant amount of notes. He really prepared for a lot of stuff except the budgeting part. And as he said, or I don't know if it was in the recording part, but um, 
their person that's in charge of the budget was she was sick so she wasn't allowed to be there so a lot of stuff he was not prepared for so I mean the blame and I feel bad and horribly for Craig because he is someone who very much is prepared and wants to put his best foot forward but then everyone just and by everyone I don't only mean like this the ways and means committee but also the powers that be at UH that no one told him what he was supposed to prepare for because as DMK kind of said this was an extension of a previous hearing where athletics wasn't present for budgeting and this was that extension so this was about a budgeting type of hearing but Craig Angelis had no idea so that's why it kind of sounded really back and forth where he came it sounded like he was unprepared but because he genuinely had no idea he called he actually called the offices on Tuesday because he didn't hear a reply back from his email as to what he needed on Friday when he first received the request. He called uh, chairs uh, Donovan Delacruz's office on Tuesday, but had gotten no call back on. And again, this hearing was, um, oh, excuse me, called his office on Monday because the hearing was yesterday on Tuesday. Didn't hear back. So he came and brought a bunch of stuff that he thought was going to be talked about, but none of it was talked about. So in Craig's defense, I just wanted to make sure everyone was aware of that. All right. And now this brings me to the fun part. (laughs) I don't even know where to start because I I told you it was, I wanted you guys to hear it word for word. I wanted you guys to hear the verbiage that's used, the inflections that were used because Again, it started off with Kurt Favela just basically basically asking, hey, Craig is new, but he isn't like only a month new. It's been like six months at our Division One institution at the state-run school here in Hawaii. And athletics is a big deal. Football's a big deal here. And you have a senator asking, oh, you didn't know AD. Like, bro, how do you not even know who the athletics director is? at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Like, okay, maybe you don't know whoever's in charge at the community college on Maui or something. Like, I get it. But Division One, CUH yeah, I Athletics. I don't even know if I get that. Here's the thing. I'm going to be prepared. Yeah. Like, period. I'm going to do That's research true. on the people that I am talking to. The same way that Craig was prepared or trying to prepare yeah. for the meeting. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to look up a picture of the person that and, I'm going to talk to. And there's the irony of saying that he came unprepared because the powers that be, quote unquote, I use that term loosely, obviously, were not prepared. And I just, again, <sighs> I wanted to play it for you because the inflection of, and I brought this up before, that's the part that pains me about when they have these hearings, is that the people that are our public servants want to come in there and make like they're holier than thou and want to make big body and want to talk down to other people like but at the same time okay if you don't if you genuinely don't know or in a perfect world if I'm imagining that our politicians are very very busy and they work like 15 hour days in a, again in a perfect world in my dream world that they are very busy and maybe you didn't have time to you know at least be genuine and be like okay I'm trying to understand like help me understand like what is this I, I'm missing this but that's they, a good word genuine know, they come off as like oh Like, how come you don't do this? How come? Like, basically, I know what I'm talking about and I know more than you. But yet you sit there and keep asking the question, is the stadium at Ching 
permanent or not. <laughs> like we wouldn't even have this temporary stadium if the government didn't sit on their Okole this entire time and gave us a new stadium in the first place. But to be so completely far removed from what is important to your constituents and to the people of Hawaii. And I know some people out there are like, they don't care about football. I get it. But if we're talking about the majority of Hawaii, especially on Oahu, a lot of people care about University of Hawaii football. And for you as a senator to not know about what's happening at Ching, especially because it actually does deal with money that is given by the state to not even in your mind come off as knowing what is going on. All right, maybe you don't know the breakdown of the numbers, but to keep asking and putting it on Craig, like, how come you don't know if it's permanent or not? I'm like, it's, it's almost, it's, it's too comical to the point that I'm like, are you like, this is, you people are the ones leading us and you have no idea about what's going on at Ching. Like, it felt like a sketch at times. Oh I sat there watching it and it truly felt like a sketch. I, I compare it in my mind mostly to take Stephen A. Smith on ESPN broadcasts, right? When he's, he's on a Shannon Sharp sometimes, right? When he's on a halftime broadcast and, you know, talk, I'll, my biggest thing I'll never forget is this season, Stephen A. Smith said something, some dude named Hartenstein after Mitchell Robinson went down for the New York Knicks because Stephen A. Smith likes to moonlight as though he is a Knicks fan. (laughs) And the thing is, if anyone, anyone who paid attention, anyone who did a, even a smidgen of research would never have said some dude named Hartenstein because at that point, the backup center for the Knicks had been one of the best backup bigs in the NBA. This is comparable in my mind where it's just, you're just saying stuff to say stuff. Yeah. You say stuff to sound like you're so smart. You say stuff to sound like you're you're all involved and you know everything and it's other people who aren't prepared when at the end of the day, it's just a breakdown of communication. How does, how does Craig not know what he needs to be prepared for? Oh, it's because he never was gotten back to after he tried to prepare. It's an embarrassment. And like you guys know me, I'm positive Paul, man. This is not like I'm you know, not positive Paul on a rant this morning. This I love is it. not somebody who who's gonna come out here and typically like finds the worst in people or whatever. But this was such a frustrating thing to watch because I feel I feel for University of Hawaii fans. I feel for the people on Oahu who have watched Olo- the old Aloha Stadium sit there and the Rust Palace sit there and continue to. Pick up more rust. Well, guess what? The government, like you said, sits on their okole and they push blame somewhere mm-hmm. else. Push blame somewhere else. Push blame somewhere else. Oh, you're not prepared. Oh, you're not prepared. Oh, you know, you don't know the AD. Yeah, yeah. Oh my Bro. Gosh. That was the worst. That's why I had to start prepared. that off for everybody. That That's how the whole start. All right. We got to step aside. We're way past the clock. We will continue a portion of this conversation when we come back and then get into switch it up back up to the positives and talk about the University of Hawaii men's volleyball program because they got a big match starting tonight against Stanford. So Huge. we'll hear from Kurt Neusterer and Spiros Hawkus next on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. You make us want to dance. 
every single morning right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Kule Agbayani alongside DJ Pauly B. Woo! We're getting fired up this morning, as we do every morning, but uh, a different type of fired up as Positive Paul turned into Ranting Paul, which I love. You gotta love to hear it. You got love my to hear it. on right there. I know. Like. Uh, before that. So if you guys missed it, we played a good portion of you or good portion of the recording for you from yesterday's hearing that Craig Angelus had in front of the Ways and Means Committee uh, and the senators and wanted to hear you have you guys hear it for yourself. Again, I didn't want to take anything out of context because Donna Mercado Kim likes to say that a lot that the media twists words and whatever. So in case some of you didn't watch it on YouTube, if you do want the full thing, again, full transparency, I'm not trying to get anything twisted out there. I want it's public record. It's public knowledge. You can access the video on YouTube. Uh, the site is kind of long, though, but if you just search like on Google, like Ways and Means Committee, I don't know, hearing, they'll, it should pop up for you. But anyways, uh, it was about budgeting and Craig Angelis was basically not given exactly what he needed to prepare for because, again, he hasn't even been here for a year yet, so doesn't know exactly how things operate. And this hearing was an extension of a previous hearing where athletics was not uh present but again Craig did not know that but so I don't I don't entirely blame the senators for not getting back to Craig I also put some blame on the University of Hawaii and people that had probably an inclination of what was going to be talked about no one gave him any idea of what to be prepared for but best believe he will be prepared next time this happens Uh, He talked about the capital improvement projects just to remind everyone that the Board of Regents back in 2022 approved the $30 million capital improvement project to expand the seating at the Clarence T. Seaching Athletics Complex, obviously the home of University of Hawaii football, from 9,300 up to the 17,000 seats and includes a new location for the women's uh, track team because the expansion requires that the new grandstands that we see now were placed on the existing track. And then you have the soccer team that's also going to move from Waipio Peninsula to where the previous practice fields were. And so they had to level that and they're building the whole new stadium on there. So that's part of what the budgeting and master plan that we're part of. But as you heard Craig, he it takes some time. And part of what takes time is knowing what exactly is going to happen with the stadium. So That's the other part of why it was so frustrating to listen to that hearing because you had a senator who had no idea that the stadium was not permanent or was it is it temporary or permanent? And he's like, oh, what are you telling me? And I'm like, have you I I, I tweeted about it. I'm like, have you been living (sighs) over a rock as to why this was even done in the first place? And again, we give a lot of credit to previous AD David Matlin and everyone involved in having to pivot because not knowing like being told the stadium would not be able to be used was a last minute thing in terms of the general landscape and construction and everything that they had to do to make sure that the football team something that is not only important to the people here in Hawaii but also just if it does well you don't want to lose that FBS division one status because that could be loss of revenue you want to talk about money payouts if the football team does right and you heard Michael Bruno say it on there like you have to keep the football team because the football team ideally generates the revenue along with maybe volleyball as he mentioned and hopefully soon basketball as well because traditionally 
across the continent, it's usually football and men's basketball that generates a lot of revenue for the other sports. And that's where Hawaii wants to get to because that helps subsidize all the non-revenue generating sports. So this is all the stuff that I feel like should be basic knowledge for senators that are in charge of budgeting. (laughs) That's why it was frustrating (sighs) to listen to. But anyways, I'll let you guys form your own opinions. Uh, A lot of people that have commented on my post on Twitter have shared the same sentiment and it was frustrating to listen to. So anyways, that kind of puts a lid on that conversation for now until Craig has his next hearing and then we can rant about it some more because you you know there's something's going to be wrong. But anyways, going to switch over back to the positive side. Something a little more important now. University of Hawaii men's volleyball. Still only one blemish on their record to Loyola Chicago in the beginning of the season, but now they face a true test taking on Stanford, the number five ranked team currently in Division One men's college volleyball. So before we kind of get you previewed with that match here is middle blocker Kurt Neusterer followed followed by outside hitter Spiros Hakas. All right uh, let's just talk about uh, obviously uh, Stanford tomorrow. Uh, it's a pretty big match when you're coming off a couple of games where obviously they were kind of outmatched let's face it they weren't uh, you know program only been around five years so you guys were able to put some reserves in and, and play but now you're coming up against Stanford just talk a little bit about um, that matchup and you know, what you guys have to do well to obviously get a victory. Yeah, you know, I think the two, two parts to that, you know, I think in the landscape of men's volleyball right now, we've been seeing a lot of crazy upsets and, you know, mismatches where things are going different ways between, you know, Santa Barbara, UCLA, Ohio State, Penn State, you know, there's, there's a whole lot going on in the, uh, in the top 10 right now that looks a little different so even though the past couple of matches you know we I think we've come in being you know the favorable opponent we've still had to maintain a high level of engagement and you know put forth our best foot when uh, when going out there and playing that being said you know you're 100% right that this game is you know we're approaching it with a little bit different uh, mental state and I think in in this game especially we can't take points off you know, in past games we've you know, been talking about how we're not always the ones throwing the first punch. You know, we're kind of retaliating after the other team does some damage to us. Uh, you know, a, a night like Wednesday and Friday, we're not going to be able to do that. You know, we're going to have to come out swinging, um, come out locked in, tons of energy, and uh, just control our side of the net. And, and I, I think we should be good. But are you maybe just a little excited to see, kind of test yourself against the top five team and just kind of see, like, man, how good really are we? Like, is it still... Is there a little bit of an unknown in terms of, of how good you guys are, just kind of with the way the season's gone? I think, you know, we've played the highest level of volleyball as a team inside of our practice team so far. Um, so I actually, I think we actually have already gotten a look of what we look like at our highest level in the practice team, uh, especially from individuals. We see individuals play to the fullest of their potential on a regular basis inside of our practice team. Um, but inside the practice room, you know, there's a lot of um, independent variables that we have control over. You know, we know what's happening on the other side. We're experienced playing against the other guys. So in a sense, today or uh, this Wednesday is going to be a huge, huge test to see how good we are against an unfamiliar opponent. Um, 
you know, we're doing our scouting. You know, Coach Capono and Milan are doing a great job putting together a scouting report to help give us an idea of what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you know, this isn't this isn't a team we play every single day for a couple sets of practice. This is a, a new opponent, and um, you know, I think we do a great job throughout the game and throughout a series adjusting to our opponent's play style. But we want to make sure that we're ready to defend against their play style and attack against their play style at the start of the first point tomorrow. That's going to be a priority for us. You mentioned the upsets before in the college volleyball landscape. You guys, ever since that kind of opening weekend uh, fall, you guys have been relatively consistent since then. Where do you feel the team is with that consistency, and how can you continue to improve now as you get into this, uh, like you mentioned, the, the meat and the tougher part of the schedule? You know, I think we look at uh, – you know, we've got a team group chat, and every time one of these teams loses, everyone, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, did you see the game? Uh, this is so-and-so beat so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, there's a sense of urgency to make sure we don't end up in any other team's group chats. And uh, I think the biggest way we do that is just by controlling what we can control. We've got all the pieces we need to, to win on Wednesday and Friday. And if we don't come out with a victory, I think it won't be a reflection of anything Stanford did special. It'll be entirely a reflection of our own shortcomings. And that was UH men's volleyball middle blocker Kurt Neuster. Now here's outside hitter Spiros Hakas. Talk a little bit about upcoming matchup with Stanford. Uh, you mentioned getting to see the B-side play a little bit this past week. Now a top five matchup. Uh, talk about the energy that goes into that and the excitement uh, that kind of comes with a top five matchup. Yeah, really excited. We've been waiting for this game for a long time. You know, it's kind of the part of the season where our mentality starts to shift. We kind of get into the second part of the season. You know, we had the first couple of games to figure out things get along with each other, figure out what systems work within the team. But I think that we've gotten this part down and now we're opening a new page where, you know, we've had, we have some good opponents coming, Stanford and then the Outrigger tournament coming up. So I think that we're all very locked in. Practice, practice team and the energy has been really good uh, for the last many weeks. So I think that we're going to be good. With these two games against Stanford, is this kind of a good measuring stick for you guys to kind of see where you are right now? Uh, you know how, how well you do things when you play a high-level opponent like this. Absolutely, yeah. Stanford is a good team. They're ranked number five. They only have one loss, so do we. Um, so I think it's going to be a pretty even matchup. Uh, you know, in terms of you know the statistics at least, uh, we're going to see in the court. I think we're going to be better at all aspects. Um, but yeah, it's a great measurement for us. You know, a great test. How, how well, how meaningful is it for when you get a rest like that in this these past couple of games, where you're able to kind of take a rest and get off your feet? Do you really notice that, you know, when you when you get in on the next match, how, how meaningful that really is? Yeah, 100%. And I compare it to last year, where I didn't have many chances to rest. I played all games last year, and by the end of the year, I ended up kind of tired. You know, I was I was fatigued. Um, so this year, I'm using every chance that I get. I talk with coach. You know, we communicate really well on that. He understands when I need to rest and when I'm not. And I know I notice it. You know, in my body, I'm able to go harder when I need to and rest when I have to. And that was uh, 
pre or the first one was Kurt Neusterer, the middle blocker for UH men's volleyball. And then you heard you just heard Spiros Hakas outside hitter. And just to remind everyone that Spiros, along with Chaz Galloway, they had load management days the um, the last couple of games against Tusculum. So Hawaii is still very much able to come out with the sweep both times against Tusculum without some of their best players. But again, they're in like their fifth year, so it's good to give them this rest because it's still the <laughs> beginning of the season. I know they're a little older, so well, got to make sure you protect. That. Yeah, you got to protect the knees and everything, so they know and Charlie them know because. Again, you're not you need to save all of these players for the stretch of the season, including though right now or tonight and Friday when they will get their true test taking on Stanford, not only a team that's ranked number five, but also just a team that has always been one on Hawaii's radar that you're always going to go back and forth with because they continue to put out very, very competitive volleyball programs every single year. So it's going to be electric tonight to say the least we're actually going to try to head over from the nli dinner i mean i'm assuming this is going to be a five setter so we'll have more than enough time to get to the simplify arena at stan sheriff center dinner probably ends at like at 7 7 30 book it on over to the stand because i do not want to miss the action that will happen this evening and then friday also pack the stand night wear white so want to make sure i keep reminding everyone for friday's match wear white and tell all your friends, come out and see amazing men's volleyball action that will happen tonight and Friday. It's a top five matchup. I cannot express enough how exciting the sport of volleyball is. And when you get top level teams like this, especially a couple of teams who are rested, they're both one loss teams where it's going to be fireworks all throughout the night. Like Koo said, might be a five-setter. Spiros Hakas uh, did talk a little bit about how that load management, uh, how it's nice now that he's getting older, <laughs> which was <laughs> funny to hear because I make that joke too. I'm I'm this old, decrepit 24-year-old, <laughs> and I, I would imagine Spiros is like 23, so you know, somewhere in the same range. Uh, and obviously the full availability up on our YouTube, Charlie Wade also talked and uh, yeah, we, we asked about that load management and how much that does help. And he d- did say it helped out with his lift, helps out with mm-hmm. his energy, stamina and so on and so forth as you get into a little bit more of the meat of the schedule, right? You have the top five matchup on Wednesday and then Friday and then before long, you get into Big West play, and uh, I don't know if anybody's paid attention. The Big West is pretty darn good mm-hmm. at men's volleyball, so uh, things are about to turn up a little bit. So when you can get that rest, especially for some of your top-level, All-American-level players, you're going to do that. Your hitters, especially. The guys who fly. Yeah, you need those guys to have all the energy they can. Taking a look at Stanford, they've played eight games so far. As mentioned, seven and one. Their loss coming most recently. It was their last game they played, actually. So they just got this loss to number 17, CSUN. Uh, and that was a one and three match. But the pre they had played CSUN before and had beat them 3-1. They also have similar uh, opponents in Loyola, Chicago. That's how Stanford started their season. Uh, it's kind of funny because it's somewhat the same. So their first match against Loyola Chicago, they swept them. And then their second match, they did come out with a win, but it was a five setter. So, hey, that's kind of where we are at. That's why we're looking at these two volleyball programs as being very, very similar. And again, Hawaii is still figuring things out. Like you talk to Charlie and 
we always make the comparison that he is very similar to Coach Beeman, where they're very, very realistic. They're successful programs, but they know when their team isn't at the peak and when it's it feels like it's actually far from it from what they see. So Charlie's very realistic in terms of, hey, we're still figuring things out. New team. You know, the you do have a couple of your veterans, as we mentioned, the ones that got that load management days in Chaz and Spiros. And then, of course, you have like Guillerme Voss and whatnot. But you still have where when you're talking about Guillerme Voss and then you have a Tread Rosenthal, who's the new setter. There was a couple of portions in the game against Tusculum where, you know, Tread didn't serve it or set it high enough. And then it kind of caused Guillerme to not hit the ball as well. And you saw him, uh, you know, kind of tell Tread like, oh, like give him the notion, like make sure it goes a little higher. Right. So it's all those little things that they're still trying to work through. And they've been having great warm up matches, I guess you can call them for a lot of these players and a lot of players that don't normally play uh, some of the other players that have since gained more playing time so far, like Kaoni Thim, who you can hear from in our latest episode of Hawaii Players Pod at our YouTube channel. He's someone that has had a career night, the couple of nights against Tusculum. So you have these guys that are working into the rotation, but they haven't played nearly the type of competition that they will see tonight and on Friday. So that's probably what makes these matches that much more important because now you truly will see where you stand and what you need to improve on because they're going to put out their starters. They're going to put out their There's no their load management ro- yeah, from They're Stanford. putting out the main rotation that they want, that they that Charlie foresees going into Big West Conference play. So that's why I'm excited to see exactly where this men's volleyball team is right now because this will give us the good gauge and then pro- potentially see where they are a month away from now when we're in the meat of Big West Conference play. And that's part of the reason you heard me ask a couple of times about the consistency of this team and the level of consistency that this team is at because these are guys who have gotten to the national championship match. These are guys, one of them, who has won a national championship. And then obviously Charlie, like you mentioned, just somebody who really knows what's going on. So I I was curious about where they felt they were in terms of that consistency, that level of play as they get into uh, further and further into the season and try and get to the peak of their powers. That's going to be the importance is playing your best volleyball at the right time, kind of like how in March Madness you play your best basketball at the best (laughs) time. Volleyball, very, very similar in terms of you want to be rolling and clicking towards the end of the year. I like that. The peak of their power. That's what it feels like, though, when you watch men's volleyball. Like, it's insane because they hit the ball so hard and so fast. I mean, you were talking about, like, Louis Sakanoko and Keone Thim, who can hit serves, like, 70-plus miles an hour when they feel like it. Like, that's fast. So, I like that term. The unlock their powers. It's like the... I don't know, DC characters or whatnot. All right, Uh, but we got to go. So don't forget tomorrow, Sharks Weekly as well following this show. But for Paul Brecht, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.